0: Hey, Culture and Conversations family. I'm your host, Jameson Smallwood, and I'm about to make you guys part of the conversation. Hey, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you guys for downloading, and thank you for sharing Culture and Conversations. Up next on Culture and Conversations, I'm learning about henna. That's right, the decorative skin ornamentation technique that is so popular now. And I have a great guest who's gonna tell us about her business, Shauna Jr. of SouthernHenna.com. Stops by to tell us about how she got into henna, the applications of henna, and some of the things you may wanna look out for if you've ever considered getting a henna tattoo. Up next on Culture and Conversations. Hey guys, welcome back to Culture and Conversations. I'm your host, Jamison Smallwood. And yeah, it has been a while. It has been a while. It has been a while. So just for full disclosure and transparency, um, I was rebooting the podcast in terms of getting guests and and I was recording episodes. And uh, we had a great January of getting guests. I've got some uh, new episodes that are going to come your way. And then life happened. Uh, My father, Frank Smallwood, Uh, passed away and uh, I have a whole tribute episode I'm going to release later on dedicated to him Uh, but uh, in February I lost my father in February of 2022. Uh, It is a new world for me uh, emotionally uh, and also in terms of responsibilities and and, and the level of engagement that right now I have to give my family uh, and I have to give myself while at the same time still trying to you know, do the things that life demands of demands of us, such as work and uh, relationships, and and maintaining uh, your responsibilities to other organizations, such as my church. And so, uh, you guys, I, I appreciate everyone who listens to this, who is a friend, uh, a personal friend, and if you're just a random listener and and you have thoughts and prayers for my, me and my family at this time. I definitely appreciate y'all, and I appreciate your patience. And so you're going to get a lot of culture and conversations this year. I promise you will. And the goal was always to give you more. And that's why I came out of the the gates firing in January recording guests. Uh, But life happened. And so this episode is long overdue, and I can't wait to bring it to you. So I got curious uh, as we transition into the episode. I got curious about henna. Uh, Henna is a decorative temporary uh, tattoo technique. For applying beautiful decorative markings uh, to your skin. And, it, you know, I, I was curious about it um, and I saw one of my fellow Georgia Southern Eagles. Uh, she had a huge, uh, you know, uh, interest in it and she was, you know, talking about it on social media. And so I, th- I decided to reach out to Shauna Jr. and give her an opportunity to talk about her business, Southern Henna. Uh, for the link to her website, you can go to the show notes and you'll see it in the show notes. Uh, but up next on Culture and Conversations, my conversation with my friend, fellow Eagle from Georgia Southern, Shauna Jr. of Southern Henna. Hey, Culture and Conversations family, I have a very special guest here with us, Shauna Jr. Shauna is another fellow Georgia Southern Eagle. And Shauna caught my attention on Facebook because she was drawing on people, actual human (laughs) beings. And so I reached out to Shauna to tell me and you about this world of henna that uh, she finds herself a part of, her business, Southern Henna, that she started. And uh, to kind of bring me up to speed on what's going on out here in these streets with uh, these beautiful (laughs) tattoos that people are getting uh, that don't seem to last forever. You know, that's kind of like... You know, the perfect type of relationship, right? You get in there for a little bit, it, it, you have some fun, and then you, you, you break up and go your separate ways. So, Henna's the perfect expression of that. So, I, I want to bring to you guys Shauna of Southern Henna. Shauna, how are you doing?
1: I am doing good.
0: Go, cool, go, cool, cool. So, Shauna, um, aside from you drawing out people, tell me, because I'm, I'm totally, you know, a novice to this world, what is Henna and... <laughs> How did you discover henna?
1: That is funny. Um, So there's a deep answer and there's a short one, but uh, henna is really a plant that's a plant that's dried and crushed. The leaves are crushed into a powder and you mix four different ingredients together to make a paste. Um, A lot of people think it could be mud or all kinds of stuff, but now it's really a plant that's just crushed and mixed with sugar, water, essential oil, um, and henna powder. It's created to make a a paste. Um, And that paste is used uh, I use the paste to draw designs on people, like you said, that are temporary. The, p- the things usually last seven to ten days. so. But it also depends on where. though. So the hands are usually seven to ten days. But if you get it on your foot or somewhere that you're not washing constantly like your hands, it can last longer.
0: Oh, wow. Wow. So um, how did you discover Henna? Where did that come from uh, into, in your world? How did you um, intersect with Henna and bump into it?
1: So uh, now, my first introduction with henna for myself uh, when I was living in Atlanta, I was a childcare teacher um, in downtown Atlanta for a um, law firm called King Paulding, and it was my last day. And we had another teacher um, who was Indian, and she did henna for another teacher. I was like, "Oh, I love this!" She's like, "Well, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give you some henna on your last day, right?" So I was excited. So as soon as I was done, I clocked out. I walked to her class, and she drew henna on my hand that was my first experience. I was really amazed by it. I didn't know any of the history. didn't know um, what was in it. I was just happy to have this design. I did ask her, though, was it okay if I wore it? She was like, yeah, anyone can wear henna. I remember that. Um, Now, speed up to now, or more more like 2019, when I picked up my first henna cone and started doing it on people, I was inspired because I was a postpartum doula, and I was looking for another way to Uh, make women or mothers, pregnant women, feel beautiful in their bellies. And I love uh, prenatal henna. I used to love seeing henna, and I still do, um, on bellies. Um, So I was like, you know, this is something I can do. I taught myself how to draw as a kid. Picking up the henna cone shouldn't be that bad, but I was wrong. (laughs) It is a a skill you definitely have to practice. (laughs) So um, I reached out to a uh, Facebook group that you know, teaches you a lot about henna, the ins and out. And they literally sucked me in and took me under their wings. That's how I learned how to make my own henna paste. I learned the history about henna. I learned the good, like the nat- natural henna versus bad henna, all that type of stuff. Um, and now I have a whole business <laughs> out of henna. So, well, let me clap it up for you on that. Hold on,
0: so you can hear the sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, thank
1: That's, you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, if you, if nothing else, man, I'm happy for you. I always tell people that on my timeline. I'm happy to see you know my friends and 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 fellow Eagles doing their thing. You know. It. Um. So yeah, it sounds cool. Like it's just kind of an accident for you in terms of hey, you know, one of your coworkers introduced you to Henna, and and what I've seen is I have seen a lot of prenatal Henna where I've seen mm-hmm. you know women, uh, doing maternity shoots. And they yeah. or, ornament their 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 bellies or and their hands and and you know as much as they you know want to their bodies with henna, and uh, I was always curious about where that originates from. But uh, it's a it's a wonderful trend and uh, just you know just another way you know women are are free to express themselves yeah when they're going through that that journey uh, in becoming mothers or parenting or, or you know birthing children. So it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see that. Yeah, I agree. So, uh, let me let me ask you this: You know, it, does Henna have any spiritual practices that go along with it, or, or, or more appropriately, is Henna a part of any spiritual practices? Uh, you know, or is Henna just something uh, that that can just be done? Uh, and, and I'm saying it sounds like it can be, but you know, is it just something that's done purely uh, for ornamentation? What's the is there any is there any um, spiritual practices that Henna is a part of?
1: Okay, so now that really depends on, um, the culture itself. So in general, henna is used for celebratory purposes. Like, so if there's a big event, usually weddings or, um, naming ceremonies or things like that, um, that's what is mostly, like you'll hear people mostly using it for big celebratory purposes, right? Um, but on the flip side, yes, people are starting to lean into henna for spiritual practices, like some, um, I was, Invited to an event uh maybe a little over a year or a year ago, but when I went there it was a a lady that was um opened up a home on Tybee for women to come, and her thing was um is it make- i don't want to say like making them anew but making these women feel uh oh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to say like refreshed or renewed, like basically a new woman. I, I think of the, what I'm thinking of is like a Phoenix, you know, it's like they come there to put all their, their past aside, like put it all out on the table and then wake up as a a new woman. So it's like, they, they had some spiritual type of thing. The night when I was there, I did some henna for them. I didn't see the whole thing because I left, but I do know they were telling me that the next morning um, that they were going to go on the ocean and wash themselves clean. And I was like, okay, I understand this, but y'all make sure you henna. <laughs> I was like, henna and water don't mix well. But they were just telling me about some of their ceremonies, so I didn't know the whole details and the ins and outs of it. Um, but I do know it was a very spiritual event. So it was a lot of a lot of um, spending time with them, them spending time with themselves individually, and as well as the person that was leading and guiding the event. She came from Atlanta. She's uh, known as a high priestess. So yeah. That's okay. the one thing yeah I was involved with that was
0: extremely spiritual. Okay, yeah, that that, that makes a lot of sense. You know where I can see people definitely tying uh, Henna into uh, their spiritual practices, and um, you know it, I love I love just you know the range that that things like that ha- has you know like you can you can make it as as simple as hey I just want to you know do something different versus yeah this is a part of my you know uh spiritual practices that i have so um you know i guess let me ask you this about henna, you know to get a little bit more into that you said it was it comes from a plant like a Mm -hmm. there's a there's actual plant what's the name of the plant or you know or is it just you know what's what's the story behind that plant
1: so now that I, I can never remember the name. I should have wrote it down. because so I did have like little notes just in case certain things, but I can never remember like the scientific name, but honestly it's really just a henna plant. <laughs> 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 like <it's> the general, <laughs> but you know how they have the scientific names, but it's just a general, it's, we call it a henna plant and it's mostly grown. And this is where people get confused about, um, the culture of it. It's mostly grown in India. Now there is other places that it's grown. Um, but it's mostly grown in India. And that's why a lot of people feel feel like it's only in Indian culture. But that's where most people get their henna crop. Um, but anyone can use it. And henna is in several several different cultures. Mm-hmm. So, But it's like I said, it's a plant that it's, like, it's called a shrub, a shrub, bush, whatever you want to call it. It's kind of like a big bush. And then they just dry they like dry up the leaves and crush it and make a powder out of it and then that's when i get when i get it i just add the oils the water and the sugar to create the taste
0: so um i went but, on i went online and i um i took a look and i'm gonna try to pronounce this for the listeners here this is uh the henna plant is the scientific name for people who care about such things is lasonia inermis so boy, let me clap it up there. For, well, not clap it, but you know, let me drop that. Look for yourself, because, <laughs> Look because now you see
1: why I can't remember
0: that kid. It's bad, ain't it? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't blame you, man. That 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 it, I, I see why people just say henna. Nah, that's exactly that's exactly it. Um you know, so so Shauna, you you started doing this. When did you notice in your in your in your initial uh you know ex- experimentation with Hannah, whether you were doing stuff for yourself or for or for friends and loved ones, when did you notice that people started to get interested, you know, in, in terms of, hey, I might can turn this into a business. What was that like?
1: Ooh, so definitely with, fam- like, okay, so when I first started, I was doing it on Family and Friends for free. Like, it was literally practice. Um, And, oh, I wish I could just send you my first one. I thought I did so well. Like, my first time, oh, this is so cute. I did a little design. And now when I look back at that design, I cringe, right? Um, but, you know, at the time, one of my bonus daughters, I have, uh, two, uh, bonus daughters are twins. They were so proud to let me practice on them and wear my designs and things like that. And then I had a niece and some cousins. So as I got better, they would show it to their friends. And then I remember my first, my first, um, person reaching out on Instagram saying like, Hey, you did your, your cousin's hint. And I saw that she told us about it. Can you meet us here or for, um, a session real quick because I'm going on vacation. I was like, well, I don't I don't have a business out of it and blah, blah, blah. She's like, just tell me what you charge and We can meet at Starbucks. And that's what happened. Um, I only charged her $5 to do her wrist. <laughs> I still have that $5 bill on my mirror to this day because I was like, this may be something. Um, and she ended up messing it up. Like, she didn't follow proper aftercare. She ended up putting saran wrap on it and it just turned into a big old blob. But that's neither to hear there um and then one of her friends also wanted something too and she wanted a little heart somewhere on her chest and she ended up messing hers up too but to make a long story short that was my first experience of getting paid um and then i um started looking for ways to make a business out of it because i could tell i was getting better but i still knew i could be even better than what i was there was a lot for me to learn and that's where that hinder group uh, Facebook came in and I started taking some courses where I would practice and learn about the history and how to make the pace itself and the more I did henna for my family the more people were demanding that I do henna for them and so I created a, um acuity schedule to where I could take in clients and I remember getting my first uh, scheduled appointment in November by someone and I thought that was like the most amazing thing ever in my life <laughs>
0: Well, we gotta clap it up for that, you know. Thank
1: you, thank you. <laughs> I tell you, I tell
0: you, it, what what gets me all the time, Sean, is that, you know, I have people who are like, you know, I want to start a business, I want to do this, blah 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 blah, and and I tell them all the time, it's really simple. It's just that first transaction you know that first that first customer the first person who comes to you waving money (laughs) saying hey i want to do that i want you to do something for me i want you to do you know henna for me and um a lot of times people don't have i don't know maybe it's just maybe it's just that we think business is something so big because we live in america and we see all these massive you know companies and, and organizations but everything starts from someplace and uh, you know, always, I've always find that very fascinating how people get into their initial business or their initial and how they implement their initial idea as a business. And uh, I love it. I love hearing that you did that through <laughs> just literally, Hey, somebody saw something you did for somebody uh, for, for, for free. And then they came running to you saying, Hey, please, <laughs> please do that oh, yeah. for me. <laughs> you know, um, e- what, I guess in terms of henna, how do you pick out the designs? You know, is there like a catalog of designs, or is it? Ooh. How does how do you? Yeah, how do you get to the designs part?
1: Oh, I like this question. I've never been asked this. So yes and no. <laughs> um, I mostly freestyle, so I prefer to freestyle. Like once, like in the beginning, I couldn't freestyle. I didn't know how. I'll always get like um, a brain fart. Honestly, like I'll just be like stuck. Like, oh, uh, what I'm gonna do next? So I did used to kind of copy other designs, but I would copy them in a sense of making it in my own, like I see things I like, do something similar, because I never want to copy another artist's work, but you still give them credit, right? But you could, they are, you could buy henna book designs, like eBooks or whatnot and use them, or you can create your own, or you can freestyle. So a lot of henna artists do both. They freestyle, and they use design books that, you know, clients can choose from. And I usually use like my design books when I'm at festivals, you know, I usually pull those out for that only, not for like my in-house studio. So when people book with me online and come to my studio, I normally don't have design books out. Like I already know in my mind before they come what I'm doing because they have during the the um, booking process. It has on there like, hey, do you have a design in mind if, if you do, you know, attach a picture, that type thing. So all through that booking process, I already know, like, hey, what type of henna paste I need to use on them, like, if they're pregnant or expecting those type things, um, if I need to use, like, a gentle one, or what kind of design. So, all that's done ahead of time. So, when you come to my studio, it's like, let's sit down, let's do henna, let's have fun. Um, there's no looking at the books, you know? So, it just depends um, on if I'm in the studio or if I'm at a festival. Now, I will add this, though. Um... Some It depends on the culture, too, sometimes, because a lot of people think that um, every henna is the same and it's not, um, and everyone does henna the same way. So anyone can use henna, but I will say the difference with henna is sometimes the way the tool that is used with it and um, the type of designs depend on the culture. For example... In Morocco, they use syringes. It looks like, you know how you have a needle and you push, but it's not a needle tip, but it's like it's a syringe, and they, you know, they just use a syringe <laughs> for their um, henna paste. Like, they draw with it. It's hard. I'm over here holding my hand like you can see me. But it's hard to explain, but if you look it up, um, a syringe, or Moroccan henna, you'll see what I'm talking about. And that's their thing. They don't use a henna. I use a henna cone. Like, I roll cones, and I fill them up. That's a very common way of using um, henna. But they also use syringes and they're they known for ge- geometric designs like triangles and things like that. That's really popular. That's that's what they're known for in Morocco. Now, if you go to other cultures like, OK, West Africa, um, I'm not saying they can't use cones, but I, I've noticed that they don't even use any type of tool. They don't use a syringe. They don't even use a, a cone. What they do is they use tape. So they'll take some tape and they will tape off big kind of geometric designs, like on all on the legs or whatnot. And then once they tape it off, they have this big old bowl of paste and they literally just slather it over the leg. Or they use it like a gummy paste and stick it on there um, and let it sit like that and wrap the leg that way. It's not no, you know, intricate um hand design like freestyle now they say we're
0: gonna put this tape on there and then we're gonna flat it that way let you sit for your hours and then we're gonna take it off. So yeah so it's kinda of like a stenciling process
1: Yeah. Yes,
0: okay. Yeah. Just, um, so I was about to say just like if I was going to paint something on my wall and I wanted to Correct. you know do a design, I would use tape or in this case you're saying uh some type of uh you know, like paper or something to to make it make the design outline and yeah. then they fill it in with the henna.
1: Yeah. Correct. So it just really depends on sometimes the type of henna that you're going to get sometimes can depend on where you are in the world and the culture and the tool. Um, Now, you can also, like a lot of henna artists are very skilled in different types of henna. So like I know how to do Moroccan henna. Um, I know I pretty much can do any type of henna you ask me for as long as I can see it. But it's just there are different um, designs that are unique to a particular culture.
0: So Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm I'm learning. This is what this is what I love about <laughs> having a podcast. I get to learn these things. You know, um so you know it's so okay you got you got this the the initial you know customer running to you with your with the money and saying, hey I want you to do some henna for me and um you know and then you said okay well I'll do that. You know and then you started taking bookings and stuff online. What led you down the process of saying, "Okay, the next step is for me to get a studio and create my Ooh. own space for for doing henna?"
1: Ooh. Um Well, look, I just I just felt like it was at time to the point where, well, honestly, okay. COVID played a role in this. <laughs> I was a mobile henna artist, and I was meeting people at Starbucks, and that was working for me. Um, but then COVID happened and things shut down and mm-hmm. I had nowhere for them to go. And a lot of people weren't really booking as much because of COVID, but a few people still wanted to book. So then I opened up a home studio, which I was extremely nervous about because I'm really particular about my house and, uh, you know, not people want to judge and I'm a clean freak and all this other stuff to steal. I just wasn't ready for people to be in and of my house like that, but I did it. And, um, so that worked for like, uh, a couple months and I remember telling my husband I'm like you know what This, I'm not feeling this I'm going to get my own space and I stumbled upon my space not necessarily I was looking for the next year um, not the current year and I think that was what's this 20 so that had to be 2020 and this space uh, opened up and she, it was a great deal and she said I could try it out for three months so, so I did I tried it out for three months ended up being there for a whole year and that's how I ended up getting my first brick and mortar um, and now I'm in a new space now, um, a bigger space. And the reason why I moved to a bigger space is because I want to move into a space where I can do henna brows. I know that's a whole other thing, but actually do henna brows and so people feel comfortable laying on my uh, massage table and actually have space where we have a closed door and things like that. Um,
0: but yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me clap it up for that. That's uh, a, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I mean, I I just love this. I, I love this story. Um, now I'm going to ask a question, and if you're not comfortable giving me a answer to this question, we can move on from this question. But you know, I'm curious. What's the weirdest place you've put Hannah on somebody? And can you can, can you elaborate? You know,
1: no, um, I'm not uncomfortable. I'm very comfortable. So the weirdest place so far is between a woman's uh, well and her cleavage, um, and I'm thinking the next thing would be okay so I've done the bottom of feet like the soles of feet I've done right in between the breasts and then I haven't done a full butt cheek yet <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've gotten pretty darn close uh, I know that's coming okay. I know that's coming okay. so those are the places.
0: That's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> I uh, yeah yeah. That's because t- <laughs> you because you know people like to express themselves. So if you can get they a tattoo, do. you know, yeah, you can.
1: Hey, but there's a the such thing that's called Buddha. henna now. So take that in consideration. Women would love to come get henna down like um, in certain spots, just to be a little bit more sensual for their spouses or their significant others, and it, they love the fact that it's temporary. So. So, what's the, it, thing. what's the name of this henna? You said it was what now? Boudoir henna. It's boudoir kind of, You know how they do those boudoir uh photographies and they get all sexy uh, and the bras on and that type stuff. So, we call it boudoir henna because it's kind of the same thing. It gets them in their sensual. They'll put henna in places, you know, all, usually only for your significant other to see gotcha. type thing.
0: The intimate spots. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah Man uh, You know Let me clap it up Well not clap it up But you know we we'll yeah. drop a chime for that um, <laughs> You know Just just in case You know we try, we try to bless people man Is henna something that You know I see women with henna a lot Is this something that Also men partake in From time to time What's the What's the story about You know Men and henna Do you have any male clients Or do you see men uh, In the general henna You know Populate You know I don't want to say population But you know The people who are, who are, who are Getting henna do you see men do that too?
1: Yes, yes. So, of course, no nowhere near as much as women. Um, but there is some, even in some cultures where the man gets henna with his uh, spouse or, you know, during the wedding, some cultures do that. But it's you'll see, I had a couple men, like they'll come in, they'll want me to do uh design similar to a tap they want. Or um, usually they'll want something ge- geometric or... A uh, basic type uh sleeve on their arm, like their lower arm or full sleeve. But so yeah, men can definitely get it. Um I think a lot of men think that it's only for women and that's not true. Um men and women both can get it. And then there's also men um henna art there's male henna artists and there's this uh henna artist out there. He is freaking amazing. Um I cannot remember his handle or his name. But yeah, it's not just for women, any any
0: gender okay cool 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 yeah I know you know everybody likes to express themselves so I just was curious about you know if um, if uh, you know if men were, were were partaking in henna as well you know
1: yeah that's a good question
0: I love these questions <laughs> look man let me I'm clapping for myself on that one because, uh, <laughs> you know yeah I think people. Well, I don't want to talk about podcasting on the podcast. because, you know people they, they're here to hear about henna, but you know I I really do this. I try to <laughs> I try to interview. So, um, Shauna, tell me about festivals. Uh, these henna festivals are these are these just festivals where people you know such as you know vendors, people who do you know the the tattoos. Are they, are they just, you know, is this just where people show up and then, like, people like myself who might be interested in getting a tattoo, we show up and, and let y'all do your work on us? What's What's the festival culture like around Henna?
1: Yes, pretty much. So, I haven't been to, like, a Henna festival, per se, or a huge one yet, because they are a such thing, or, like, there's such thing with, like, tattoo festivals. But I've been to, like, um, general festivals. So, like, if it's a, say, for example, there could be the, um... They have the Christmas festivals come up and you know COVID changed some things so like a Christmas festival so everybody different vendors it could be someone doing soap it could be someone doing paintings different vendors come out um, and then we set up and so yeah so I would set up my tent have everything set up the books out all that stuff and if someone just comes up they'll walk up and let me know that they're interested and I can do right there on the spot for them make sure they leave with the, the after care needed so they can have a good, good thing but yeah that's really it there's no appointment. It's just right
0: there on the spot. Okay. I didn't even ask this question, but now that you, you said that on the spot part, how long does it take to do, you know, uh, the henna experience getting a, you know, picking out what you want or telling you generally kind of what they want. And then you actually doing the work and then, you know, whatever necessary steps come after that. How long does that take? So, if you're trying to get a tattoo, you know, you can have a, have an expectation mm-hmm. of what that's going to take.
1: Okay. So, when it comes to festivals, it's the, I usually do hands. I've done other parts, like feet and stuff, but it, it's rare that I would do something like um, boudoir. I definitely wouldn't do that um, during a festival, but... <laughs> I, I, think, but. I think I think you end up in jail doing that. Yeah. I'm like, know. it's rare. I haven't even done... Um, a belly yet like that because so, usually those things I would prefer that to be in my studio because I want the 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 mother to feel comfortable and it takes more time right um, so I usually stick with hands and maybe like uh, a little bit above the wrist so it average it depends on the design they choose but I average between twenty minutes twenty to thirty minutes um, and that's that when I say twenty to thirty minutes that's including you know some of my most complicated designs that are in the book so
0: nice nice yeah that's not bad at all i mean that's that's a that's definitely fast uh considering you know how intricate those designs can get you know yeah uh another question because i'm i'm totally a, a, a noob when it comes to this uh, i don't know anything about henna, so i'm learning uh it I, i'm assuming it it's not painful uh is there any pain associated uh-huh. with henna? okay
1: not at all not at all so now there is okay this is something i do want to say since you know we're talking about it there is a difference between 100% natural henna and something called black henna and black henna, unfortunately, is something that is extremely popular that a lot of people don't, um, you know, are fully aware or educated about it. So black henna is also called chemical henna. It is not good for you. Any good henna artist will tell you to stay away, run from it. If someone says they have black henna, we say this because it has, it's not just, it's not natural. It has other ingredients and it has hair dye. And it has something called PPD in it that can cause cancer, it can cause chemical burns and things like that. Does it happen to everybody? No, but it does happen to people. We have pictures where people, it literally looks like they have third degree burns on their hands. or And you can see it, it's in the shape of the design that they got the henna on. But So a lot of people will come to me or other henna artists like me and say, hey, do you have black henna? And we're like, no, we only have natural henna. There's no such thing as black henna. Um, natural henna only has four ingredients and it's always going to give you like a dark brown reddish stain that's natural henna and it's safe for you but they see this in social media this black henna so much they want it it's just like a black stain um and that's what they want because it's like instant it's like you can wash it off and it's there and blah 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 but that is extremely harmful the only thing that's similar to that that is natural is something called jaguar but that's that's something totally different, but they always usually ask for black henna, and I want to stress this enough that black henna is not safe. I don't recommend it. I do not use it. I only use 100 percent natural henna, and it's made by me.
0: Yeah, well, you need to make sure we put that out there. I uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I don't know anything about henna, so I would have been, <laughs> been I would have been I might have been got some black henna, but like I you know I'm a little bit darker, so I need some that, <laughs> I need some of that black henna. And that's why
1: they do it, because a lot of people, especially, you know, when we have melanin skin, mm-hmm. they want the darker stain, you know, and I get it. You want a darker stain. It shows up on our skin just as well. Um, I wear it all the time, you know, but they are always, well, I want something dark. And I've had that happen where a client gets, tenna, and then they're like, but I thought it was going to be darker. And I'm like, somebody didn't read the stuff. Somebody yeah. didn't read, you know, and you, I'm, I'm constantly educating, constantly, constantly about the difference between natural henna and black henna. Um, And I think it's going to be an ongoing thing. It's been been like that for years and it's a battle that natural henna artists have to go through all the time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: You know, I think, I think,
0: yeah, I get it. You know, wanting it darker. Um, What I've seen people do online is, you know, women who are doing maternity shoots, they'll do the henna and they'll leave the henna on, the yes, actual paste yes. on, so it shows up very prominently in the pictures. But then, to your point, when they um, complete the process and wash the off, wash the actual paste off, then they have those lighter, um, you know, the lighter tattoo that naturally comes
1: um, yes. from the
0: stain. So, uh,
1: and so that's um, that's actually what one of my clients did, uh, and she did her maternity shoot with the paste on. I made sure it was sticky enough, but at the same time, dry it where she could do the. Do the shoot with it on, and I told her as soon as um, she's done that she could take it off. Now we'll say this now with natural henna, you don't wash natural henna off. So you scrape it off or use coconut oil. You can black henna, you can do that, but natural henna, excuse me, you your goal is to try to avoid. This is what people get a little theory about. You avoid water for twenty four hours from when you first got your paste. Um, so it's like when I put the paste on, I want you to keep the paste on for the minimum of four hours. Longer is better. Once you hit four hours or maybe eight hours, you can scrape that paste off with coconut oil or olive oil, but you're going to continue to avoid the water for as long as possible. The goal is 24 hours. Now, for example, if you cannot make it 24 hours, if for some reason you just need to put your hands in some water, then we say slather that thing on, slather it with some coconut oil or some, um, some body butter, some thick body butter, and then put your hands in water because it's protecting it. But we, with mom, Natural henna paste—you normally you don't wash that off. You just scrape it off, so it can oxidate and get you a good dark thing.
0: Yeah! Wow! You know? Yeah. It, that. Yeah. I, that. I can't. Okay. That's the aftercare part that you're talking about. It, you know, mm-hmm. being okay. Okay. All right, man. Well, um, let me see. What else did I have to ask you about about this process? Um, let's see. Uh, you know, what's what's the aside from the black henna because we talked a, we talked a lot about that. Um, and I think we got a good understanding of that. What are some other misconceptions about henna that you want to dispel?
1: Hmm. Let me think. Okay. So I guess what I can say, like we already talked about black henna, but I'll I'll do this to help people know if they're in a good spot, like or if they're with the they can make a good decision of getting henna from someone. So say you go to a festival where you someone or somewhere you want henna done But you're not sure if they use black henna or not You don't know if it's natural or not what, Or what not So here's some questions you can ask You can go up to it and be like Hey you know how do you get your henna Or how do you make it And if they say oh I make it myself Using only four ingredients That's a go But if they say like oh I bought it from the store Blah 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 And the, you know and it has a barcode on it uh, That's a that's a no It's kind of like yeah it's a If they keep it cold and in a freezer or somewhere really cold that's a that's a great thing because um natural henna paste does not have a shelf life so when i make my paste i have i freeze it immediately until i'm ready to use it and when i go to use it it's always like within 5 minutes but if it's someone that has a cone with a barcode on it and it's just sitting out on the shelf and it's been sitting there for 2 weeks run that is that is black henna <laughs> that has TPD in it um and then natural henna usually has a pleasant smell I put lavender oil in mine, but they they can put eucalyptus oil. They can put casuplet. There's uh, different essential oils that you can use, but it's usually a pleasant smell. Versus black henna has this this distinct chemical smell. It's not it's, it's not pleasant at all. Um, it's very chemically. So that's just a heads up of what you can. The questions you can kind of ask a henna artist, like, hey, you know, do you make it yourself, and how do you store it? And if they say like, yeah, I make it myself and I store it in the freezer, then
0: you're usually good to go. Uh, But, yeah. Nice. Nice. That makes sense. You know, uh, this is important because with everything, right, people cut corners and uh, you want to make sure that you're getting uh, good stuff. So, you know, Southern Henna is your business and uh, you can be found at southernhenna.com. And uh, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. How would you choose the name Southern Henna as we wrap up, Shauna.
1: Oh, because I'm Southern. You can hear it all in my voice, Southern through and through, <laughs> Southern born and raised. <laughs> so <laughs> it was simple, and I live in the South, so <laughs> that's
0: it. No, no, it. No, it's, so <laughs> it's a good name because uh, you type. It rolls off the tongue well. It's easy to type into the into the into the thing. You know, people. You know, they'll they'll come up with a name for their business that ha- has hyphens and slashes, and it's just like, nah, yeah, that's. <laughs> That's not going to be good. Uh, So southernhenna.com, and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Uh, Do you have any social media that you want to shout out as well, any uh, social media that you want to direct people to?
1: Oh, yeah. So my Instagram, southernhenna. um, And I'm currently going through a 30-day reel challenge. I think I'm on reel number 13 or 14. I cannot remember. And I'm like, Lord, I committed to something. I got to stick to it. So you'll get – the fun thing about this, you get to see more of my personality through these reels. Before I used to kind of hold my personality back and hide behind posts and have, you know how you try to dot all your eyes and cross your teeth and be all perfect. But now I'm like, you know, I want y'all to see more of me as the person that you'll meet when you come get your henna done. So go to my Instagram, you can check out my posts, but also go to my reel section and check out some of those reels. And I hope you can get a good laugh while you're getting educated about henna.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, I think, um, you know, with social media for businesses and and, and things like that, that um, you know, that's where people kind of want to see some personality. And I know it's kind of weird because, like, how does a business have a personality? And yeah. uh, but you know, I, I I understand what you mean about trying to open up and show a little bit more of who you are. Uh, to, to the people who are going to come and be customers of your business. So, yeah, uh, you know, you are located, just generally speaking, you're located in the Atlanta metro area. Where is your – let me make sure I make sure we, we geographically locate this correctly. Where are you, Where is your business located? At? I am in Savannah, Georgia. Ah, let, let me clap it up. Well, not clap it, but we'll <laughs> drop a, a chive. <laughs> okay, okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so, so, yeah, if you're down in the Savannah, Georgia area, we definitely have people who listen to the podcast down in that area. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure if the price is right, you will travel to do some henna. So uh, if there are, you know, ladies who are listening to this, you guys want to have a, a a girl's party, a girl's night. And, yes. uh, you know, uh, you, y'all y'all vaccinated and you don't have COVID or whatever, you, you know, you're, you're healthy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you're healthy <laughs> then, uh, yeah, man, Shauna will be more than happy, I'm sure, to come and uh, pull up and do some henna. Uh, for you guys as well So Shauna I can't do nothing But thank you For making time For this uh, Out your busy schedule oh, Thank you And uh, yeah I hope that uh, You know You continue to have Nothing but success With your business And thank you again For being part Of the conversation
1: oh, Thank you so much It was such a pleasure Appreciate
0: you Hey guys I want to thank you Once again For listening And for being part Of the conversation And I would like to Especially thank Shauna Jr. Of Southern Henna For making time To be part of the conversation Guys, Culture and Conversations is available everywhere. We're on Facebook, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram. And you can always email the show, cultureandconversations at gmail.com. Guys, until the next episode, peace.